You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopoly through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. Listeners, welcome to the Renegade Economist. This week we step into Groundhog Day. Yes, barely a decade since the global financial crisis and it seems global economic leaders are committed to driving the world economy off the cliff and uh, going to have a bit of a look at uh, Portugal to begin with. Uh, some of these nations that uh, had such heavy, heavy debts seem to have uh, fallen foul of uh, thinking they can recreate the same problems but come out with a different outcome. So, uh, yeah, Portugal was one of the pigs nations, uh, remember, that were hardest hit by the GFC, thousands of people unemployed, and in 2011 they needed a bailout. Some 92 billion US dollars were directed their way, but in return for that, uh, the IMF uh, had the old arm wrestle underway and demanded that uh, one of the key factors was to reform their antiquated uh, rental laws. So there had been rental caps uh, harking back to uh, days under their dictatorship in the 70s and uh, that had uh, been a major problem for the economy, so the IMF said. Well, what has happened since then? In the last two years, property prices have increased by 30%. This is despite uh, the monthly wage uh, being somewhere uh, around the 850 euros a month, that is, and property prices are up 30% in two years. And how have they done that? Well, not only have they removed rental caps, but they have ushered in foreign investors. That has been the key to their economic success. And Portugal is now held up as a prime exhibit of Europe's economic recovery. Unemployment has halved, exports are booming, foreign investors have flooded Lisbon. And how have they done that? Well, the country provides buyers of properties worth $500,000 or more a chance for a golden visa to reside there. So in historic towns like Lisbon, beautiful views of uh, seaside uh, uh, vistas have... uh, open the wallets of uh, the wealthy, even Madonna's in there buying up uh, some of the town as uh, part of her diversified investment portfolio. What it seems it's done is uh, pushed a split between those who own property and those who don't, those who are involved in the tourist industry and uh, those who aren't. And uh, tourists uh, dwarfed uh, the local population by eight to one over the last year. So uh, these cheap flights without carbon taxes, uh, people are jet-setting around the world and uh, the locals are facing the brunt of this uh, as their wages aren't keeping up with the rate of change. And from that, uh, those who do own property uh, are able to earn these exaggerated increases in land prices due to all this extra money coming into a fixed supply of land and from that uh, prices escalating upwards. Now over to another one of the pigs nations in Ireland. 
I nearly fell off my chair when I saw some a, a tweet recently talking about rents up twenty uh, odd percent in a year in Ireland. Remember, this is another nation absolutely devastated. The banking industry, reckless lending uh, was blamed. But uh, it seems that, uh, as I've often warned, it's actually the land bankers uh, underneath that who have bought and sold real estate, hoarding it along the way, extorting prices to uh, head ever, ever upwards. Well, yeah, they are now back again with their uh, snouts in the trough and cleaning up incredibly. There's a group in Ireland called Daft. IE and uh, they seem to be doing some good housing affordability work there and they report that uh, for the 23rd quarter in a row rents have risen and despite a nominal cap of rent increases of 4% the annual rate of rental inflation has been above 10% nationwide for over two years. Rents have now risen by 70% on average from their lowest point. It's obviously following the GFC. In Dublin they're up 87% 68 percent in other cities so uh, that's quite something for these communities to keep up with and part of the concern raised by an economic commentator in ireland uh, duncan o'leary i think his name is uh, is that uh, the official figures suggest that 15,000 housing units were finished last year but there were only 4,000 units transacted in uh, 2016 according to stamp duty returns. So he goes on to say, the finishing out of ghost estates and large numbers of self-builds, which are generally not available for sale, mean that there has been double counting. The number of people approved for a mortgage is way ahead of the housing available to buy. This is pushing up prices. And of course, the regular levers have been pressed in Ireland uh, Demand for housing is being boosted by changes to the central bank mortgage lending rules for new buyers. The government helped to buy scheme and growth in the population aided by inward migration. They're all the formulas we see, listeners, aren't we, uh, around the world. And of course this one, the plight of first-time buyers is not helped by up to 58% of purchases being cash buyers. My, oh my, that is a staggering number. I wonder how much of that is hot money out of China, hot money out of uh, any sort of mafia operation. They're channeling that uh, those funds into real estate as a way to wash their money and uh, validify it along the way, claiming a 10 12% return in a year. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, that's what the global economy has become, a house of cards built on the land game, where uh, insiders just have it so easy once you do have access to that uh, lump sum of cash. The sky's the limit. Well, in Ireland, uh, when you look a bit further at the, at the numbers, um, part of the reason for these rental increases is the dwindling supply of, uh, of rentable houses. At the moment, there's just over 5,000 available nationally, compared to a high of 15,355 in July 2009. But yet home ownership still hovering around 70%. There hasn't been a huge uh, increase in ownership rates. But I wonder if you can guess what the other modern phenomena that's come in to challenge the traditional rental investment model. 
Yes, you guessed it. Uh, Airbnb strikes again. The daft rental price report reveals that uh, more than half of all available rental properties in the capital are listed as short-term tourist listings. No surprise there. Hey, listeners, remember that uh, interview I did last year with Professor David Waxmuth, who investigated New York and founded that uh, Airbnb listings there were earning between 80 to 800% higher than what they could in the uh, open rental market. So that is uh, where this housing supply mantra is falling on its sword. The profits are just too great, either holding and flipping a property or putting it on the Airbnb market and uh, renting it out uh, a few nights a week. Uh, You can earn more than uh, renting it to someone uh, who desperately needs a roof over their head. Is that the sort of... uh, society we want to prioritize that's a question that's being asked again and again it's like we're just flying blind it's like the gfc never happened the property sector have just got control of governments uh, so strongly essentially uh, this residential capitalism model that uh, we talked about with uh, laurie mcfarlane on last week's show seems to have taken over from the uh, manufacturing export led uh, form of economic growth it's now all about pump priming the economy with wealthy immigrants to build houses on ever sprawling cities that seems to be the future of our economic equation is that the sort of way you would like the world to play out have to go to a website like uh, Global House Price Guide and, and type in any sort of nation and you'll pretty well see similar factors at play. I looked at Turkey, controversial uh, nation there of Erdogan. I remember interviewing an activist from, the, from that country uh, involved in some of the protests maybe five, six years ago. And uh, When I talked to that activist uh, about the Gezi Park protests, he was surprised that uh, I basically put uh, two and two together that uh, the President Erdogan's uh, son-in-law, I think, had a real estate development company. They wanted to tear up this uh, park and put uh, hotels on it. And of course, uh, that was the underlying force. Uh, the, this developer, son-in-law, was basically driving for these easy windfall gains of getting that land, probably buying it cheap from his uh, father-in-law and then having it rezoned and being able to build all those apartments on there uh, is probably a 20 or 30, $40 million deal. So, uh, yeah, without effective critique of uh, these sort of policies the everyday person is left fumbling around in the dark wondering how these communities can be changing so quickly and 
that's what struck me in Portugal where, where the people facing, you know, 30% increases in, in property prices over two years, uh, rents uh, quadrupling in some situations and uh, retirees being kicked out of homes. This, this new economic formula it's just imposing such rapid change on communities it's almost beyond gentrification and uh, this is something that I'm fearing is is spreading around the world and uh, yeah we need more people to talk about uh, these unearned incomes that uh, insiders are able to uh, enjoy and uh, essentially be able to discuss it in a manner that can split the right wing between entrepreneurs who are producing goods and services, employing people, we want to support those, but it's these rent seekers, these monopolists who want to grab some land, have it rezoned, they want to buy some, maybe they would just want to buy some land and sit on it for a decade. They've got 20 of these properties around the world on top of another 2,000 that uh, they rent on Airbnb. Who knows? There's uh, lo lots of different possibilities coming through the system, but the fact is everyone needs land, and that's why we talk so passionately about the need to switch our tax system off the taxation of business, off the taxation of workers, and place it onto monopoly rents. Because when we do that, it sucks the incentive for such commodification to uh, gallop ahead of where our wages are at. And by slowing down this uh, core component of the economy, the growth mantra is no longer so important. By taxing away these unearned incomes, the wealth gap no longer expands at such a great rate. And as I've talked about recently in terms of this commodification of housing, uh, the build-to-rent sector, which is uh, edging its way into the Australian housing market on the back of uh, this belief that millennials don't want to own housing, has no discussion of uh, the effect of decades of rampant house price inflation, land price inflation, I should really say, uh, that's why they're not buying property. It's not because they don't want to, they just can't afford it. I mean, I saw some meme recently of uh, youngsters uh, having photos posing on their balcony, pretending like they just bought their house. And this is becoming a bit of a thing that people romanticise about buying the house and having that classic photo of you and your partner standing on the front doorstep with your keys in hand about to buy the house. Somehow, somewhere, this has become a thing. I'm not sure if it's on Snapchat or what, but uh, people are uh, romanticising about buying housing. And uh, here I am, you know, one of my best friends, uh, lives uh, near Punt Road, one of the busiest uh, streets in Melbourne, uh, constant back-to-back -back traffic. She's, you know, 200 metres away from that, living in a uh, mining cottage with shared walls with her neighbours. Uh, no soundproofing be between the walls. Uh, neighbours, uh, you know, having sex, uh, waking her up, and then her baby crying and waking them up. And she's paying basically 500 bucks a week to live in such a place. But, uh, you know, can I get her to talk passionately about this story? 
<laughs> no, that's for you tax geeks. You guys go and do that. Well, it's not until everyone uh, is really up in arms about just how ludicrous it is that we're paying so much for somewhere to live and uh, two-thirds of that cost is uh, the interest component on the land that we were all supposedly uh, gifted as equals. If we're all born onto the planet as equals, then why should uh, we have to pay interest on the land to the banks? When we have a land value tax in place, uh, that basically pulls the land price out of the equation so that we're no longer paying interest on that we're channeling it away from the banks and instead using that uh, payment stream to give ourselves all a uh, huge tax cut. When we do that, about 23% of most of the cost of goods we buy at the shop will uh, come off because one tax layered on top of another, some 125 taxes in Australia, of which only 10 of them raise 90% of the revenue. So let's talk to the right wing and get them on board saying, yeah, it is ludicrous. Why don't we do this? And it is crazy that uh, I can earn more in my property portfolio than I can running a business owning, uh, employing uh, five people. That's where we got to. And uh, now we have this situation that uh, instead of discussing things in that light, the solution is let's just institutionalize the rental market and from that, we'll have uh, companies like Blackstone Capital coming into the country to build huge rental towers that will be governed, no doubt, via this uh, evolving property tech scenario where people can be evicted uh, from an app on their phone due to late payments, due to complaints about leaky showers, whatever you want. Uh, uh, it's at the fingertips now of the... Uh, the tech gurus, whether they can um, yeah, basically rate your renting history, that'll all be packaged together and uh, will either work in your favour or against it if you believe uh, you deserve uh, a decent shower that doesn't leak. What sort of big brother world do we have coming? And so as this pressure is building up uh, more and more, a uh, number of nations, uh, a number of cities around the world have said, look, uh, uh, with rents going through the roof, what we need to do is introduce rent controls again. That's what we need. Well, you've heard me uh, talk about uh, Airbnb today. Well, imagine if we have rent controls uh, for the local market, but uh, Airbnb is left unregulated. We've seen, uh, you know, 66% fall in uh, Ireland's rental property availability. Well, what would happen with rent control? Bang, there'd be next to no rental properties available very quickly. On top of that, it also discourages investors from uh, building rental stock. I still think uh, it's not going to be long until we're going to see some form of zoning for Airbnb properties. We can't just uh, have uh, some 70, 60, 70% of all Airbnb properties to be the entire property reserved just for uh, tourists uh, once or twice a week when locals can't get a foot in the rental door, let alone uh, be able to save up for housing itself. 
So all these sort of pressures are uh, coming through. Uh, and on top of that, uh, one of the big, big pressures is uh, what's happening to our demographics. And uh, it's around now 2018 where the total population growth rate becomes greater than the working age growth rate of those between 20 to 64. So what that means is for those of us uh, working and uh, paying our taxes, uh, a greater and greater burden will be placed on us to fund the retirements of, uh, of the elderly who ironically have benefited from a clean environment and have benefited from this first come first served economy where uh, yeah, anyone who was smart enough to buy a couple of properties uh, when they were only eight to ten thousand dollars each uh, thirty odd years ago is uh, probably sitting on a couple of million dollars worth of wealth without really having to have lifted a finger. And uh, that's the sort of inequality that uh, drives me crazy. And that's what uh, is one of the big questions coming up. Uh, will the class struggle be, be strong enough to uh, hold in line the intergenerational inequity? So, uh, yeah, that's uh, where the millennials, the Gen, the Gen Z... I often used to laugh about Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z. Do we get to start again? Well, let's see if the millennials can uh, break the mould and help their fellow man and woman uh, gain access to a roof over their head with some form of uh, sanctity to it. So we keep forging ahead on these issues, don't we? So there we go, listeners. A look inside Groundhog Day, and as I look at that term... I just have to uh, recognise that maybe that's what the actual word means, groundhog. We've seen this for centuries. Those who hog the earth cause these problems. They keep going around and round and round. And it's not until we recognise that those who hog the earth should pay for the governing of the earth rather than the workers and those who produce things, then we're not really going to get ourselves out of this we little matrix we tie ourselves into. So let's hope this uh, lazy economic formula of uh, rampant immigration, building houses that can be resold again and again for greater Ponzi-like profits on the back of uh, easy, easy credit. Let's hope this system isn't uh, the be all and end all, the, the height of humanity, because that's not the sort of repeat programming I want to be involved in. Let's make life adventurous. Let's make it flexible. Let's have uh, some hope for the future. Here on 3CR's Renegade Economist uh, is your host Carl Fitzgerald and we're going to go out with a song today called Not For Sale by the Sudan Archives. But before we do that, uh, it's a reminder, the first Wednesday of the month, we have our uh, monthly discussion group. And uh, this month, it's going to be uh, counterintuitive outcomes of uh, Georgia's economics. So that is next Wednesday, June the 6th from 6 p.m. So it'd uh, be great to see uh, some 3CR listeners there. It's usually about a dozen of us, a roundtable discussion and uh, we try and get to the bottom of uh, some of these head-scratching facets of a life on Earth. 
check out the show notes at earthsharing.org.au and our wider uh, analysis on prosper.org.au.
who has prospered. The town looks to me as friend and counsel. And landlord and banker. Can we proceed? Thank you. I say the future is ours! What's wrong? Nothing. If you can count! This is middle-class, privileged elite in most countries. You have a pretty good idea of what's going on in the world. But they will not, but they will not, but they will not talk. Good luck. Don't screw it up.